Government commission that reviewed the 2008 mortgage securities crisis said that the crisis, quote, could not have happened without the rating agencies, including Moody's and Standard & Poor's. The government accused the rating agencies of inflating the ratings on mortgage securities to get business from the banks preparing them. And now, in the Obama administration's final days, Moody's has agreed to a settlement with the federal government and 21 states that will require it to pay almost $864 million to settle the claims. Here to talk to us about that settlement is Bob Hockett, who stayed with us uh, since the last segment of the Cornell Law School. Bob, why don't you start by describing for us quickly what the um, what it is that Moody's and other rating agencies uh, were alleged to have done here? Okay, so uh, there's actually a nice link here, actually, with the with the case we were just talking about, the Supreme Court decision on the antitrust liability for uh, uh, LIBOR manipulation. So the, essentially what you got here is the same kind of situation. You've got an in- institution, a firm, that has sort of two roles. One role is to provide an objective benchmark of some sort that is used by other market participants in making the decisions that they do. The other role, however, that it plays is it is itself a profit-seeking institution that does engages in trading and uh, provides various services and the like. Um, and what's typically ha- what happens, or what's typically accused, is um, the you know the, the the profit-making side of the institution is accused of playing a role in the determination of the objective benchmark in a manner that is designed to sort of suit itself rather than to suit the markets. The claim about um, Moody's and Standard and Poor's that we've heard since the crisis is that in order to receive more payments from various issuers of mortgage-backed securities for the ratings uh, of those securities that everybody in the market needs in order to decide whether to buy them, that they basically made it easy. They went easy on the particular securities in question and gave them higher ratings than they actually deserved in order to keep generating that business that was coming in, right, from the various uh, banks that were issuing the securities, the various institutions that were issuing the securities. So that's the basic accusation. It's a sort of fox uh, guarding the hen house sort of accusation. Bob, Moody's says it stands behind the integrity of its ratings and noted the mm-hmm. settlement co- contains no finding of a violation of law or mm-hmm. admission of liability. So mm-hmm. it's just saying we're paying the money and we weren't wrong? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, this is boilerplate. This always happens in the case of a settlement. Always what happens is that a particular institution worries that it actually is vulnerable if a suit goes forward. It worries that it might lose. Um, it worries that it might, in fact, even be found guilty of having committed a crime. And so to get the suit out of its hair, uh, it goes ahead and says, OK, look, we'll pay the fine. We'll pay you a big chunk of money, somewhere around a billion dollars, a little above, a little below. Um, and what we'll also say is we don't admit to wrongdoing. Um, the prosecutor, uh, for for its sake, doesn't uh, admit that uh, that, 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 the, is, that the charged party is innocent. It simply says, okay, we're just going to bracket that question. We're going to leave the question of guilt or innocence off to one side and just settle this thing and get it out of the way. Um, that's, again, quite that sort of standard operating procedure for these sorts of settlements. So a lot of people thought, Bob, that it would be harder for the government to get Moody's to settle because unlike S&P, there wasn't a real paper trail of emails showing how that they were culpable here. Is it a surprise mm-hmm. that they agreed to this settlement? 
Uh, I don't think it's really that surprising. I mean, particularly if you note that um, this settlement was for a considerably lower sum than the earlier settlement, right? The, the S&P settlement was about $1.4 billion, as I recall. This one is a bit under $1 billion, 870-some-odd um, million. Um, and that itself, that difference itself is perhaps partly reflected I'm sorry, reflective of the fact that the government recognized that its case would be a little bit harder to prove here. On the other hand, the fact that it's close to a billion dollars suggests that the government was not lacking in confidence, and it also suggests, of course, uh, that Moody's was not lacking in concern. Bob, what do you think the impact of these these settlements will be in, in this sense? Uh, um, are the incentives that, that drove Moody's and S&P to overinflate these ratings uh, still there? Is there the potential we might go through this again with some other uh, situation? Yeah, so, so the incentives are definitely still there and will always be there because it's an inherently conflicted role. And what that means is that the real impact, insofar as there is one, is going to be on the institutional arrangements that we permit. In other words, what functions do we allow to be combined within a single organization? Um, now, as you know, Don, one of the things that Don Frank suggested uh, was that we might want to reconsider the model of the financing of ratings in the first place in such manner as prohibits those who are seeking the ratings from paying for the ratings, or in such manner as sort of anonymizes those who are seeking the ratings in the eyes of those who are providing the ratings. And effectively, it's a way of what we're looking at is means of preventing a kind of implicit bribery that it is thought was sort of endemic to the system of ratings that we had. And, and that effect, the fact that we've made that decision more or less is going to be viewed as being vindicated by these settlements. The other thing I think that's going to be vindicated um, is that, as you know, we've also decided after Dodd-Frank that we're no longer going to have the regulators use the ratings themselves as sort of part of the regulatory mechanism. We're not going to say, for example, that in order to hold these securities, uh, a bank has to show that they have a, this such and such a rating from such and such an agency. That was a kind of regulatory favoring of the rating agencies, and we've since decided that that was a bad idea. And I think these decisions or these settlements are sort of vindicating that decision as well. Bob Hockett of Cornell Law School, thank you for being with us on Bloomberg Law. 